you doing, man? That is one big pile of shit. Sad. That's our podcast. <laughs> no. No, Lewis. Don't. <laughs> Let the patrons do that, not you. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I love Jeff Goldblum. I, I, I adore Jeff Goldblum. I, he's just such a bizarre person in the world. And he's just such a pleasant sort of existence. It's very strange. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, but before we talk about dinosaurs and genetic cloning, we've got some bullshit. We've got some bullshit to do. Um, so shall I spin the fated wheel? Yeah, do it. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. In quotation marks, all right. British TV. Oh God, all oh, fucking mighty. Yeah. This is um. This is. I saw this in the news, and it really pissed me off. It was something that um, if you'd have turned up this week and said I've forgotten to get something for the bullshit, I would have, I would have suggested this. It's really pissed me off. This has. Yep. Um. Oh, this is because it. Right, you, you go. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, apparently, the government was talking about what makes British no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this wrong. I'm gonna No, the government wants to push for television programmes that are distinctively more British. And the examples were given like um Blackadder, I believe was one. Yeah. Um uh Only Fools and Horses. Mm. Uh basically English T V. That was the that was basically mm. what it was, right? I remember the list I saw was those two and Derry Girls. It was quite clear they thought of the first two and then went, oh shit, they're both English. Uh, Derry Girls, that's in Ireland. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some examples now. Only Fools and Horses, Doctor Who, Bake Off, The Bodyguard, Derry Girls, Fleabag, Gogglebox, stuff like that. Um, So, British TV. It utterly boils my blood. I, I cannot believe this. It's... Right, here we go. It's disgusting on two fronts. Yes. First of all, it's disgusting on a creative industry front. Yep. Because the creative industry is something that only thrives when it's left to its own devices. True. It's all well and good for you to say, oh, I would quite like something with dragons in it. And you are perfectly entitled to that opinion. You are perfectly entitled to like dragons. And there's plenty of stuff out there with dragons in it. But if you sit a creative person down and you tell them write a screenplay revolving around dragons and they say well i don't really like dragons can i do one with vampires instead no no it's got to be dragons yeah has to be dragons always dragons and that is will crush that person's creative creative instinct it'll crush their individuality and the end product will be much 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 inferior compared to something they could have created under their own creative steam absolutely i for one know about the 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 drive that when you get a good idea in your heart and you are there smacking away at a keyboard or, or drawing away on a piece of paper and it's you can well and truly feel it in in you it's it's this this indescribable sort of energy and, and sort of electricity that flows through you that you just create something that is you know is good while you're doing it you know it's good and you know you're enjoying it and you're proud of it and that's something indescribably valuable yes both to creators as individual people and the creative industry as a whole yes and it's also disgusting <laughs> on the other method it's not unlike a meat fork for a uh, barbecue <laughs> that was t- time one and this is time two of shit 
the other shit time <laughs> shine the other shine is um the fact that this is massively concerning in terms of contemporary politics yes because it's all well and good as as, as in the same way as you can say i like dragons it's all well and good for you to say the thing i'm proud of about my country is the dragons but if you start saying to other people, well, you shouldn't you shouldn't like snakes because they're not dragons. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't like lions because they're not dragons. Then you're starting to prohibit what people can be proud of. You're starting to prohibit the types of people you can have around you. Absolutely. And it's utterly terrifying to think that the government is stepping in to administrate over a, an entertainment branch of government or an entertainment yep. company. And saying, no, we want only British things. Because the implication is, because British things are better, and we can do them better, and they're really good, and all these other non-British things are inherently worse because they are not British. Which is a disgusting way to view the world. Absolutely. Um, I just want to say, it, is, uh, it was um, John Whittingdale, who is the media minister, which sounds fucking sinister in itself, uh, mm-hmm. that pronounced this at a Royal Television Society conference that uh, UK public service broadcasters may be required by law to make distinctively British programmes. Um, it also says it's fine for the BBC and uh, Channel 4 to sell shows overseas, apparently, but they must be authentic. But they must be auth- authentically... Ref- they must authentically reflect our nation. Um, and Ofcom is to draw up guidelines... Which is um, disgusting. Because which is interesting. Because um, I just, I just, it's, it's, I'm, I'm struggling to actually um, to to perceive it. Okay, so the examples that are given, the best examples mm. like Blackadder and Fleabag and uh, you know all these great TV shows like Doctor Who, Dairy Girls, um, does. Does the conservative establishment not understand that the reason that these shows are good is because they take the piss out of the establishment mm. that that are telling everyone to make things distinctively British? Doctor Who wouldn't be good if it had a conservative sort of agenda pushing it. It's a distinctively mm. liberal sort of progressive show. Just look, Blackadder mm. talks about how Britain, in terms of the First World War, were fucking lunatics. In terms Certainly. of, you know, it, it, har- it harrows back to that old sort of adage, lions led by donkeys, you know? It was incompetence mm, mm. of senior officers and generals and the aristocracy that, that made that show funny. Um, same thing with, with, uh, with Derry Girls, you know? It's about four um, Northern Irish girls who are, you know, sort of having to deal with all this shit because of something that Britain did, you know, Fleabag as well, distinctively feminist, you know, it's just, it's not what 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 they think is British, what what the Conservatives think is British, doesn't reflect our nation anyway, because the best TV shows mm. don't come from what they would consider to be British, our, our national mm. character, if there ever is such a thing, you know, which is ridiculous in itself, because we don't have a national character. No, I... I, I completely understand and agree it's something that really infuriates me when when considering things like this that are you know a britishness quota 
is, well, when you start to define what is British, and it breaks down very quickly into things that are quite evidently not necessarily British. Yeah. Well, cups of tea from China and India. Okay. Uh, what about uh, crumpets and, and toast and, 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 and scones and all these things? And yeah. You start breaking it down, and it's like, well, at the end of the day, Britain, by its very nature, is a mishmash of cultures from around the world. And that's what makes Britain great. That's what makes every country great, is the diversity inherent in a free society. Absolutely. If you start destroying that and saying, no, no, we don't want as much diversity. We want to showcase the things that make such and such great. You're saying, okay, well, we're showcasing the things that made it great before all these other people arrived. Yeah. But by definition, it wasn't great before all those other people arrived exactly. it was just a place Oof. i mean if 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 the conservatives sort of had their way it would just be fucking bake-off on the on the on the air you know what i mean it's it's mm. that sort of level of of just surface sort of propaganda you know anything not british as it says that well what does that what does that even mean there are great tv shows on the bbc like um i may destroy you uh, I mentioned Fleabag, Killing Eve. All these things, they take place in Britain, but mm. but they're they're about different identities within Britain. They're about sort of ideas like feminism. They're about sort of progression and stuff and criticizing the establishment. Years and years is that one. Does does that get to be mm. a British show? Because it takes the piss out of, you know, uh, just just. I mean, Russell T Davies is already partisan to sort of. You know, left-wing politics. All these amazing shows are because of what conservatives don't believe in. Like, what the fuck are they expecting? You know? Um, mm, are mm. Scottish TV shows going to be made? Because like, there are certainly TV shows in Scotland that can only be understood by people that live in Scotland. Same goes for Wales. Same goes for Northern Ireland. Mm. Same goes for England. You know, we, we all have different cultural lenses to sort of look at. And even then... There's different sort of layers within separate countries, you know. I saw a thing yeah. where the Conservative government tried to use one of uh, Limmy's uh, things as a meme to sort of tout some policy that they were pr- producing, and Limmy uh, went on Twitter and said, "Stop stealing my stuff, you blood-sucking vampires!" and all that. Like, just like nobody wants these absolute shallow, corrupt liars dictating mm. to anyone what we can fucking watch. I mean, yeah. If you've got a good idea, and people want to watch it, that's the that's the standard. That's the bar. Not whether it's British or not, you know. Because if it's just British, to use another word with a B, that's pretty fucking boring. As well as just being wrong and yes, yes. and morally fucking disgusting, you know. But, I mean. If they're wanting to just watch Bake Off, can they not just get a box set and <laughs> Boris can sit there and watch it? Like if that's if that's the sort of oh, shit he wants, Jesus, Jesus Christ! I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I do to some extent think that there shouldn't really be a minister of sort of um, entertainment Absol- or culture or something like absolutely that. Absolutely agree. The entire point of having sort of a, a culture or entertainment or a culture of entertainment, more more accurately, is that it's built on the back of everybody that creates it yeah it can't be built on the back of some kind of oversight because then it's 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 by definition it's propaganda it's propaganda films that you're creating to further some kind of theoretical future that you're you're you you desire for whatever reason i just i just can't get behind it yeah um i hate to be preachy now um but folks 
let's fucking kick these bastards out. You know what I mean? When are we when are we gonna when are we gonna say right, you've you this is fucking ridiculous now. Do you know what I mean? They've they've made such a mess of things as they are that they're now talking about this, which is the least of everyone's fucking concerns. Yeah. Right? It's 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 does that does that go to like shows like Channel Four? There's a show called Hope, eh, not Hope Help, with a uh, Jodie Comer, mm. and um, Stephen Graham, an amazing uh, TV. It's not it's not a show because it's just a one episode type thing, and it mm. it made the government look fucking incompetent and incredibly yeah. stupid. Does that count as British? Because see if that's the British that we're talking about. Yes, bring that shit on. You know, that's fine. If that's what British yeah, means yeah. to you, amazing. The right to criticise our leaders, the right to show everyone what fucking nutballs, you know, we've elected to lead us, you know. It's getting it's getting beyond a joke and I think we should mm. just we just need to get rid of them now. We need something else. Yeah. You know? Oh It's very intense, isn't it? Very intense. Very intense. Um but enough about British TV. Let's talk about American cinema. Cinema. Yeah, I was going to say TV. It's like maybe it's on uh, cable. 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 Is that what Americans call it? Cable. I've got no idea. Do you have cable? Isn't that what they say? I don't know. I don't know. What's what cable guy is all about, isn't it? Yeah, true. Um, oh yeah, that's your sweet spot right there. <laughs> Fuck, I love cable guy. We should do that one day. Um... Yeah, let's do it. Let's, yeah, we should do Cable Guy. <laughs> yeah, let's do it next. Oh wait, that's ninety. Shit. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely do it. Um, okay. Yep. Jurassic Park. Did you ever see that eight out of ten cats video? Where I can't remember the guy's name, but like he he sings the Jurassic Park theme, but like with words. And it's like, it's Jurassic Park. It's a massive park. <laughs> I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's in a show with um, uh, David Schwimmer, isn't he? Oh God, hang on. Let me. Eight out of ten cats. Jurassic Park. Um, this is. Oh, I don't know who this guy is. Um, Nick Mohammed. Nick. Ma- oh no, he's in Uncle. Have you ever seen Uncle? The. No, I haven't seen Uncle. Uh, Intelligence, oh. with which is with David Schwimmer. Uh, Ted Lasso, The Martian. I don't recognise him from The Martian. I have seen that. Um, God, he's done loads of stuff. Horn and Corden. Um, no, I don't, I don't oh. actually recognise him. There's a show here called Sexy Murder. Oh. I don't, I've never heard that. He is in Uncle. Um, yes. Uh, no, I don't recognise any of these things. Well, 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 there you go. He just does that. I, that, I was only talking about the... <laughs> you should watch that. That's funny. Um, but anyway, we're we're digressing to fuck here. Uh, Jurassic Park, classic, classic film, uh, was written by uh, Michael Crichton and David Cop, and uh, was directed by the absolute master Steven Spielberg, and is starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, Samuel L. Jackson, and some other people as well. Um, mm. Do you have an opening statement? Yes, I've got something to. I've got a CRQ that'll make Danny roll his eyes. Oh, here we go. Um, 
But I'm going to do my opening statement first. This is one of my favourite movies. I really, really like it. I love John Hammond's sort of utter commitment to being disillusioned by... by Not disillusioned. By sort of not looking... Facing up to the facts of what's going on around him. I love Sam Neill. I love Laura Dern. I love Jeff Goldblum. It's all really... This is perhaps my favourite film. It's really good. I agree. Um, a completely revolutionary film in terms of special effects... The only good live-action dinosaur film and has actual interesting concepts such as ethics of cloning and man playing God, etc. Amazing. Mm. <laughs> okay, um, now, Danny. Yes? I've got two CRQs that are worth saying, along with a whole bunch that aren't worth saying. Right. So, do you want one that will make you roll your eyes? Yes. Or do you want... you do? Okay. Yep. This film is not about science gone too far. This film is about... <laughs> God's sake, Lewis! Actually, this is something that gets me about this film. No, shut up. This is something that gets me about this film. Is It's not about science gone wrong. The science goes perfectly. It all works perfectly. However... <laughs> The thing that goes wrong is is John Hammond being too greedy for his dream and greedy for his is um is is this money, monetary goal that he he doesn't want to to face up to the fact that that he shouldn't have done this. But the fact that he has done this doesn't matter because the science has worked fine. Does that make sense? Yes. It's it's the the capitalism of it is what causes the downfall of the park. Of, oh, we spared no expense, so, you know, it's a sunk cost fallacy. We've put too much money in this to let it fail, so let's just keep going. And then people keep dying. Yeah, true. Um, I, I, so there we go. I, it, it made me roll my eyes a little bit and scream very loudly to deafen all of you. But yeah, I do agree. Um, I think it's a bit more complicated than capitalism, though. Because, yeah. like, Dr. Hammond is a very interesting character um mm. he's not just about greed 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 you know i mean there's there's a there's a there's a one of the best scenes in the film i think is the scene where they're having is it lunch they're having and they're talking about the yeah. ethics of cloning and stuff and it's a sort of moral argument about discovery and when human beings shouldn't go too far and everyone can agree in fact, no. I made this. I made this. I made this note. Even the dinosaurs agree that the lawyer is a blood-sucking demon. <laughs> you know, because mm, the T Rex mm. just fucking kills the lawyer. You know, um, so that that and that surprises me every single time. Every single time I watch this film, I'm like, oh my god, the T Rex just ate that guy. Yeah, because <laughs> it's such a brutal death as well. Yeah, I, I have a potentially um, interesting thing to say about Hammond. Okay. Hammond is what I imagine a god to be like. Right. If God exists. Um Okay. Like please elaborate. Well, he um if if God is male for some reason gender applies to a timeless entity, but anyway. Um he wants to create. He's got this Mm. almost obsessive desire to create things and yet he's also of good intention to share in his creations with 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 everyone you know that's that's the that was the whole okay. dream but also he can't really admit 
when he's went too far mm. as well you know like i mean if you if you i think i think the god of the the old testament is such an interesting character just in the, in the face of it you know he's like mm, mm. you know he, he creates humanity and and you know everything's meant to be perfect and then things just go to shit and god just starts like destroying things and floods the entire earth as well you know it's like it's if we look at god as like an actual human he is fallible he is like jealous yeah. and vindictive and has this dream that he wants to accomplish and when things go wrong he just digs himself in deeper if you know what i mean and mm, i think that mm. that's a really interesting way to look at someone like doctor because while he's like delusional and keeps saying stuff like we've spared no expense as if that justifies all the stuff that's happened it's like like you're saying the, yeah. the sunk cost fallacy just can't admit what 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 he's done and and and, and how mm. things are going wrong you know he's a he's a, a, f- a failed creator you know mm-hmm. um no i do i sort of um yeah I, I, I like the I like the way of viewing it viewing it like that, and the other way to sort of look at it, I suppose, in a in a funny way, is the idea that um, he he leaves he leaves it alone yeah. at the end of the movie. He doesn't he doesn't go to an, go to it any length to just try and prevent any further wrong from happening. He just hands off and it's like right, well fuck this then, and walks away. Yeah, just like Jesus, which I think is um just um I'm not up to date on my Bible stuff, but yeah, I guess so. Um, up to date. I don't think they've made any changes <laughs> to the Bible, <laughs> but. Um, but no, it's yeah, that which is always sort of something that I've always imagined. If you were to be this almighty creator, you'd sort of get to that point eventually. If oh, right, I've done now, yeah. and then you'd go and have a nap. You know, you know, you know what Jesus said to the disciples? What's that? Don't do anything till I get back. Did he? No, it was a joke. It was. A joke. Oh. Do you not get? Okay. Do you get it? Because well, yeah, because he he he, fu- he he reappeared. Didn't yeah, he? he resurrected and then fucked off to heaven. And it's like, okay, what, what what were you here for again? Do you want a loaf of bread? <laughs> hey, neighbour! I'm just kidding. Oh my god, what? Romans! And, you know, um, that's that's how I imagine it went. Um, so, I, I don't even need to ask this. So you fall on the side of, of Jeff Goldblum rather than Dr. Hammond then? Um, yes. I think I do. I think it was sort of. I think that in gen or whatever, I think it's it's fantastic that they have the science to be able to do this, but perhaps they shouldn't. Perhaps they should be like growing <laughs> extra arms for people that have had to have an arm amputated and they can have another one sewn on or something. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I don't quite think that this is the right place, right way to be going with all this cloning technology that you've somehow developed. Um, but yeah, I'm on the side of Jurassic Park shouldn't exist, I don't think. Yeah. I think that... Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's wise for Jurassic Park to exist, simply. I mean, Jeff Goldblum almost sounded like a little bit... Like, almost like extremely Darwinistic when he was talking about how... Yeah, and nature selected them for extinction, as if that's like... Like, we just we just allow that to happen because nature mm, mm. says so. So it's interesting that both uh, arguments have their flaws... And it mm, seems to mm. be like a sort of extreme, and it's again, it's probably somewhere in the middle, where we don't make a fucking dinosaur park for consumers, um, 
but we also don't just, you know, revert to Darwinism and we all kill each other and whoever remains, you know, gets to inherit the planet, you mm. know, that's the, that's not a good thing either. So it's um it's interesting because both are so like deeply entrenched. Um it's like what's that thing from Ratatouille changes nature? It's like when when yeah, people talk yeah. about the laws of nature, it's like yeah, well, we'll we'll we've evolved that way because of circumstance, and we're now in a circumstance where we don't need to rely on sort of primitive ways of developing. You know, we can be sort of mm. better than that, and sort of if nature is unfair, then we can maybe change nature. If you know what I mean, to make things fairer. Mm, mm. Obviously, not to make a fucking dinosaur park. Why does no one ever let in these films in Westworld and shit? It's always just a big fucking money grab. Like, if you can do this, why wouldn't you want to just make things better for everyone rather than fucking mm-hmm. making? Like, no one's like, yeah, I'm gonna make um, like like you're saying, I'm gonna grow artificial limbs for people that have lost. You know, mm. it's like because it's... I, I think the first place to go would be to create some kind of um, some kind of uh, crop that can be turned into petrol. If <laughs> that would be the way to go, or even better, some kind of a crop that massively takes CO two out of the atmosphere. Yeah, if you can selectively create genes, the first place to go surely would be <laughs> climate change. You select for genes that that will take uh, CO two out of the atmosphere, and then uh, select for um rapid growth, self-seeding, things like that, and then create this army of plants that will yeah. massively help with pollution around the world. Surely that's the way you go. That or limb regrowth, I suppose. Yeah. And then from that point onwards, I suppose, maybe you go into sort of feeding people. So you go to creating crops that are sort of very high yield, easy to grow, that don't need much water or nutrients or anything. Um, and then I suppose you could go for something like um, lab-grown meat. Um, meat grown in a jar sort of thing um, which I mean is I'd give that a go would you give that a go? I'd give that a go yeah I'd, I would I mean I my stomach doesn't work right so I don't know if I would actually be able to eat it but in theory <laughs> I'd certainly give it a go yeah um, but yeah if someone so then after you've conquered food I suppose you'd start working on things like cancer AIDS you'd start working your way through illnesses do you know what I mean it's you have this this ability to like cure cancer at the flick of a wrist, and instead you're making dinosaurs. It's very strange. Yeah, true. I mean, logic has then brought me to it is all capitalism's fault because mm. the reason people don't pursue these types of like, humanity helping projects when they discover like how to, um, whether it be in Doctor Who that like we talked about on Friday, whether it be to you know rejuvenate cells and and make yourself younger and potentially find immortality or clone you know uh traces of 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 dinosaur dna and and make whatever it is that you need to it's like the reason that people don't is because of money and therefore yeah because of capitalism you know oh good old capitalism we found what it we do without we you found, we found the reason lewis and it wasn't, it, it was, and I was like, let's not talk about capitalism this episode. And here we are, yet again. I will always find a way to talk about <laughs> capitalism, I promise. Um, um, right, here is, here is my, my second CRQ that's worth saying. Um, is it going to make me roll my eyes? Uh, no, it might make you go, oh. All right. 
Um, the director of photography for this film is a man called Dean Cundy, and he was essentially being the... I had no idea who he was. It's one of those names that I've seen uh, dotted around on documentaries and credits and bits and bobs, but I've never really thought about it much. But you go through his IMDb, and he's he has filmed all of my favourite films. Oh, really? <laughs> it's really bizarre, yeah. He um, was the director of photography for Death Becomes Her, for Back to the Future, Ooh. The Thing, Halloween, Apollo 13. He's done so much stuff over the years. Um, and it's it, it looking at all the sort of the visual things that tie all these films, it's like, yeah, I can kind of see a signature that, that ties all these things together that's a bit sort of, it's very subject-focused, it's very simplistic framing. It's sim- not simplistic, it's very... Um, it breaks it down to the subject and not much else. Yeah. I don't have to look in the background to hunt, hunt things down. It's, there's loads of really good movies that he's that he's done cinematography for that I had no idea. Uh-huh. Um, the reason I found out about it is that there is a documentary on Netflix. or It's called The Movies That Made Us or yeah. something like that. I've got that um, note. Which I think... Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we watched an episode of it when uh, when you came down. And, um, it was for Jurassic he, Park. Yeah, yeah, and he was interviewed as the, the director of photography for Jurassic Park. And I think in his little um, credit bit in the bottom corner, it was um, director of photography for Jurassic Park and uh, Back to the Future and all these other films. I was like, oh my god, really? But yeah, he has been working. His first DOP credit was in 1973. It looks like he has not taken a year off ever. He is still working now. In he's he's filming the book of Boba Fett, a TV series, which is oh. now in post production. He was the cinematographer on a couple of episodes of that, um, and I, d- I don't recognize any of these other things that are in pre production now. Devil's Breath, Motionless, The Magic Shop. I don't know what they are. Yeah, but um, he's still doing stuff now. It's amazing career, uh, and for something that so often gets sort of not shit on, but it gets ignored. People talk a lot about the director and the actors, and they don't quite talk so much about the cinematography of a, of a piece. But True. I think it's his his unique, not unique style, but his powerful style of of sort of grabbing a subject with both hands. I think I'm I'm really impressed by it, and it's it's nice to to sort of say, oh yeah, he's he's filmed all of my favourite films ever. <laughs> it's quite strange in a funny way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like there are a few sort of uh, cinematographers that just completely transcend the industry and are just in fucking mm. everything you know but good for him that he's still work i wish i was still working but never mind um <laughs> um try and make that about myself there uh no i think i think cinematography is one of the most overlooked and underrated parts of like making a tv show or a film 100%, you know because yeah. they're the ones that make you look good as well mm. you know mm. you piss off your dop you're gonna look like a tit, you know. Um, you piss off your DOP, you'll be out of focus for the next six ex- weeks. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's no, I, I completely agree. I think it it comes down to um, I think I think you can sort of track it over the history of movies a bit, sort of. This is I'm taking a take a big fistful of salt with the point I'm about to make, but um, I think you go, go way, 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 way back, and movies essentially felt like stage plays that somebody had propped a camera up in front of and that that's the way that they were framed there was no interesting framing in films and i think it's you can see the evolution of it over time and now we have things that are shot so beautifully and so interestingly things that come to mind a lot of the time are my go-to example is john wick yeah because it's essentially just an action movie that someone has filmed very beautifully 
and that's that's what makes it i think for me is the style of it and the the vibe that that creates and the sort of um it's very color dominated and it's very sort of subject dominated and i really appreciate the way that that's been shot and you can see it in a lot of other things nowadays there's a lot of stuff that's people are really paying attention to cinematography now and i think it's such a lovely thing to see you know absolutely it's um i mean without it you just couldn't get the film done you know um yeah <coughs> oh. oh that was my t-rex impression um oh i see <coughs> um i was going to do it again i was like no daniel don't destroy your throat for a, an impression um i i i've got a wee fun question now um okay what's your favorite kind of dinosaur triceratops they're the best i love them wait what one are they they're the ones with the three horns on the front. They're kind of chubby. They have the big um, sort of head. <laughs> the one that Laura Dern goes over to it and she's like, oh, you're ill. And she goes and rubs its face a bit. Triceratops. Oh, yeah, them. I love a good triceratops. They have the big sort of horned frill. I love those. They're the best ones. It's, I think it's because they're the cow of dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and I feel a bit of a spiritual affinity with cows. I love a good cow. When you're like driving someone, you drive past a cow, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's a cow! How lovely!" I think that's the that, that it's something that I'm I feel quite strongly when I drive past a field of cows. I feel it about Triceratops too. They're just such lovely little things. Absolutely. Um, what about you? What's your favourite dinosaur? Oh, a Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. They are a pretty good dinosaur, they're, actually. They're just fucking chilling, you know. They're just like, yeah, we just eat leaves. <coughs> 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 Sorry, everybody. Danny I'm is dying. dying. I'm uh, I'm going extinct. Well, hey. Um, oh, good news, Danny. You can get from IKEA a Stegosaurus who is called Yatelik. Um, you can oh. get him for fifteen quid. He is. Uh, there's a picture of a child holding him. He's significantly larger than a child's head. If that gives you some idea of the size. Um, right. Would you like a Yatelik for Christmas? I'll send you. I'll send you one. Yeah, go on then. Um, oh, good stuff. D- did you ever notice that when you were ki- like a kid, you could recite like every single type of dinosaur? And mm. now I can't. Like, I can't remember. There was one that we saw. What was it? The daw. Uh, what's it called? The Diplodocus. The one with the the sort of things on the side of their face. That's like right. almost like you know the one where um. <clears throat> In the car, and he gets killed. But the the T Rex. Dollis, doll, doll, Dollis. You mean the spitting dinosaur yeah, the that s- kills Dennis Nedry? The spitting one, yeah. Uh, spitting dinosaur in Jurassic Park. That is a. Ah. Uh, Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus. That's it. Yeah. But I used to I used to know that shit, and now I don't. Um. <laughs> I was a big di- big dinosaur kid. I um really liked um really liked I love a good dinosaur now even I love a good dinosaur yeah I mean I think that the raptors are probably scarier than the T-Rex oh yeah 100% like because it, there's that in, it's sort of primal fear of being swarmed by something yeah even if it's something very very small like ants it's the primal terror of being swarmed by ants absolutely you know a T-Rex you can't they can't really see you if you don't move you know mm. um uh, but yeah, look, the raptors. 
I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just distracted by that song that uh, uh, Robin Williams does, in in Mrs. Doubtfire when he's, <laughs> when he's got the dinosaur toys, and he does a raptor rap and all that, and <laughs> oh, <God laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah, I'm I'm distracted by that, um, but yeah, they're just, they're almost like cats, if you know what I mean. I think I think dinosaurs. No raptors. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, yeah, a cross between a cat and a turkey. Let's, okay, here's what we'll do. Let's get the list of dinosaurs up, and we'll equate them. And, what, and we're going to rank them. And we're going to <laughs> equate them to what animals we, th- we think they are. Uh, list of dinosaurs. <laughs> um, here we go, here we go. Uh... How many fucking are there? Jesus Christ. There are so many. I just wanted the main ones, not the Abelosaurus, the Ashelosaurus, the... the uh, okay, okay. okay. Got a, T-Rex. Got a what's a T- <laughs> what's a T-Rex? T-Rex. A T-Rex is a lion, surely. Yeah, I would, I would say um, so. There's that bit in... Or a bear. Oh, is it Jurassic World? Maybe? I'm not entirely sure. Um, where the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes up against a, a lion, and the lion just kind of roars at it, because they're, like, incapable of, of fear. Yep. Um, the Velociraptor, we've done that one. Triceratops, done that one. Oh, we're getting getting through this well. A Stegosaurus? What did we say a Stegosaurus was? Oh, no, shit, I got it wrong. I was thinking a, a, a Brach, Brachiosaurus. Oh, okay. You know, the really big ones that just eat leaves? Yeah. Yeah, Brontosaurus. Br- I don't know. Brontosaurus. Brontosauruses, yep. Um, what are they? They're kind of just tall cows. Brontosauruses and Brachiosaurus. All the all the herbivores are kind of just very cowy mm. in their in their vibe, aren't they? Apart from an Ankylosaurus, which is kind of more of a sort of um yep. murder cow. Yeah. That's <laughs> like um no, it's like a warthog or something. Um those fucking vicious little things that are on that are sort of spotted spits and spotted throughout Africa I think they are yeah um, and they sort of eat veg and then you go near them and they fuck you up <laughs> so they're like those um, pterodactyls I guess a big bat yeah or or um, try to think or vultures maybe 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 what about a stegosaurus um kind of like a dog yeah, dog. That's the vibe I get, but I couldn't tell you why. Um, what was the? I can't remember the name of it. The uh, the the big shark one. Um, oh. I don't. It's big in like Jurassic World and stuff, and it's in the in the little lake they have, and it's like really horrific because it's even bigger than a whale. Oh damn! Um, I can't. I'm gonna have to Google you're it. You're gonna need to. Fucking love dinosaurs. It's not a is it? I fucking love dinosaurs too. They're great. Um, swimming dinosaur? No, that's that's probably not going to be some kind of dinosaur, is it? Um, it's a bit like Nessie Pleosaurus. That might be it. Yeah, Pleosaurus. Aquatic dinosaurs. It's kind of like um, yeah, Pleosaurus. Massive, wet dinosaur. It's like a crocodile-y thing, but they're they're big in the um the new Jurassic Park movies with with Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, Jurassic World. Which, which, yeah, Jurassic World and Jurassic World Two: The Lost Kingdom or something. Ugh. They're okay. They're not great. 
Um, <laughs> Moss, Mossasaurus? Um, maybe, maybe. But, um, yeah, it's extremely scary because it, I think it, it leads into your um, that fear of open water, which is yeah. called oh, thalassophobia. Um, because you just don't know what's under the water and it goes down so far. Yep. It's this massive fear of not knowing what's there. Um, and it, the idea that it could just be this massive pleosaurus that just comes up underneath you and just swallows your entire boat in one gulp. Yep. It's horrifying. I absolutely hate crocodiles and alligators. Like, Do you? Yeah, like, I absolutely despise them. Like, oh, I, f- I find them really interesting, but... Mm. In terms of like just what they are, like mm. just I just hate them. I think that they're like you know just cold, unfeeling killing machines. Mm. You know, there's just there's no redeeming qualities in them whatsoever, in my view. Um, and they really, they, I used to be really scared of crocodiles. Like you know, mm. especially like if you're in the water and you don't know that they're there. You know, they could be swimming. Around. It's just. It's, it's more the terror of not knowing what's underneath you than, I mean, maybe that's more of a terror of the sea rather than crocodiles. But crocodiles are just, you know, they, they you, you're never done hearing stories about crocodiles that they're that bad. You know, mm, they mm. always manage to get someone at some point. Um, whereas sharks, they they venture like really far out. You know, and they're mm. sort of less of a danger. But crocodiles look prowl at banks and stuff like that and swamps so yeah there's just something really mm, ter- about terrifying them. about them yeah mm, no I, I completely know what you mean um we've got we've got a bit of time for a cheeky bit of trivia haven't we um, oh yeah the big big uh anthro- not anthropomorphic what's the word i'm looking for um animatronic t-rex occasionally it malfunctioned quite drastically apparently it wasn't very well protected against the rain and um, I'm not entirely sure where they filmed this. For some reason, I think it's Hawaii, but I'm not entirely sure if that's correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, the big T-Rex wasn't very well protected against the rain. So what this meant was when the rain sort of accidentally completed a circuit within the animatronic, it would like roar or something. So they'd all just be sat having lunch and the T-Rex would come alive and they'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> just because nobody was actually at the controls and it would just scare the life out of them as they were sat there. Yeah. Um, so that's cool and terrifying. I, I really quite like that. Um, apparently they also had to... There was something about the... I think it was something that the T-Rex was made out of. It was made out of like a foam or something. Yeah. The, the sort of under the skin. So it sort of soaked up a lot of water. And then you had so to heavy. keep constantly towel, towel drying it. And it made it really heavy. Um, so they had to keep dabbing its brow as though it was a surgeon in a very important surgery. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. I mean, that would have been a fucking nightmare to try and move. If like, you've got heavy machinery inside it and then... Like, an, an increasingly heavy sort of thick coat on the outside, you know. Mm, um, mm. No, definitely. Um, this is a bit of a uh, a bit of a something, sort of a plot hole, sort of in the uh, in the film. Yeah. Um, with the encounter with the Triceratops that's ill, um, it's never actually really explained why the animal is sick. The, it's briefly said by Laura Dern, oh, maybe it didn't have the right plants, or maybe it didn't eat the right leaves or something, mm-hmm. but it's never actually explained in any great detail. Um, apparently, the original novel and the screenplay include an explanation, which is, how lovely is that? Um, apparently, a lot of um, uh, fossils have been found where Stegosaurus triceratops would have swallowed rocks, 
and oh. then the rocks that were in their stomachs would have helped to mash up the um, vegetables and vegetation and leaves and stuff they were eating. And then after a few weeks, when the um, the rocks were no longer useful, they would sort of throw them up. Um, oh. However, in this modern uh, world where dinosaurs have been remade in Jurassic Park, um, the idea is that they accidentally swallowed something that wasn't rocks. Uh, I think Laura Dern points out some particular berries. Um, so I think the idea is that the Triceratops swallowed some of the berries thinking they were rocks, and they were not, and it poisoned them. Oh my god. Or her, I suppose. So yeah, that's the, um, that's the, yeah. That is amazing. It is, isn't It's it? amazing how, like, dinosaurs n- like, knew back then what was rocks in order to help the digestive process as well. I know, yeah. It's a thing that, um, what's it do now? Um, that's what, a, not a gillet, a, a gullet? What am I thinking of? A, um, oh, vamp for a second while I Google this. Um, um, I mean, I like I like sort of weird animal facts like that. Like, um, polar bears cover their noses mm. to sort of ab- avoid being seen by like, snow hairs and stuff like that. And the yeah. snow, it's like, how did, how did animals know to do that? That's that amazing. Mm, no, I, I completely know you're right, yeah. It's, um, I can't, cannot, a gizzard, that's it. That's what the gizzard is in a in a bird. It's something a, a bird has like in, in in part of its anatomy that functions in the same way as these theoretical dinosaur rocks. Yeah. Essentially, it's like sort of an organ that's hard, and it sort of squishes up the food to aid with the digestion process in a bird. Um, so lots of animals do do this apparently with rocks. It's a thing that actual lizards and actual snakes and actual amphibians do. Uh huh. Um, so I, I presume it was just tracking backwards from knowledge of of lizards. Which is kind of cool, isn't that it? That is so cool. Jesus. <laughs> um Right, one one last thing and then I think we're Okay. Hypotheticals. I love hypotheticals. Um so let's say, ignoring the canons uh, the canon of the other films, we've got an island full of dinosaurs now. What do we do? As in after the events of of Jurassic Park. Yeah, this film is the only thing that happens, and they leave. What do we do? We've got mm. an island full um, of dinosaurs. I suppose you just have to leave them be, won't you? Does somebody own that island? I don't know, because it'd be cruel to just kill them all. Like you've brought all these dinosaurs into the world, and then you're just going to murder them. Like that's thing. It's cruel. I suppose what you'd have to do is just sort of leave them be. And hope that everything turns out to be okay. That's that's my only thing that I can think. What do you think? Um, I agree. But what if like pterodactyls started like leaving the island and started like eating people? Hmm. Um, which I think is what happens in one of the Chris Pratt films. Yeah, they're driving along the coast after after they get back from Jurassic Park Island, and there's some yeah, there's some like pterodactyls flying alongside the car. Um. I suppose if they start being a, a threat to the Queen's peace, as it were, then you'd have to start shooting them out of the sky. Yeah. Which would be certainly a horrible, horrible thing to do. So I suppose... What about the big crocodile try- ones? What if they escape? Oh yeah, the plesiosaur and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Mm. I don't know, because they're so big. They're like bigger than a submarine. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what you could possibly do. We'd not only rely on air travel, but can they go on, can they go on land? <laughs> Um, I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen the. I don't know. I, Maybe I haven't seen the Chris Pratt films. 
Um, they don't go on land. Well, they sort of they go on land in the same way that like a a, a, a a dolphin or something might. They deliberately beach themselves a bit to grab something with their mouth and then wiggle right. back into the water. So they don't have legs. So they don't really. No, they don't have legs. They have sort of flippery fin type things. Right. Um, so there's sort of littler ones, and there's this one particularly enormous one that I think like leaps up out of the water and grabs a guy off a ladder on a on a helicopter. Mm-hmm. So they are massive, massive things the size of buses. Um, mm. Maybe we just nook them. Maybe, maybe we would just have to nook them, <laughs> which would be really depressing. Yeah, really depressing. Dr. Hammond fucking seething. I mean, I wanted to sell lunchboxes. Um... <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know about nooking them, but if those big fuckers in the sea started swimming about and going and eating mm. boats and stuff like that, no, that couldn't be allowed to carry on, you know. Um, don't know how we would do it, but we'd need to get rid of them immediately. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking through the trivia in a weird way. The crew had to have safety meetings about the T-Rex. It weighed 12,000 pounds. What? Isn't that insane? Uh, how, much, how much is it? Is, oh, that, at the, right. is that at the start of it being made or after the rain sort of soaked it? I have no idea. Uh, 12,000 pounds. That's five, five and a half tons. That, it's a four, five cars, oh really. Oh, God. That's amazing. Apparently, when the head went by at speed, it felt like it was a big bus driving past. That is utterly terrifying, isn't it? It really is, Jesus Christ. You could... You could <laughs> no wonder they had safety meetings like, jeez. T-Rex falls over and destroys Dr. Hammond's lunchbox. Let him out. My God, can't be having that. <laughs> no, God. I think, um, sorry, I think I am definitely have notes now. I'm just looking at the IMDb page. Yeah, I think we'll call it a day there because Lewis is going to go and read the IMDb page now that he's so <laughs> interested. Um, do you have a closing statement? Um, I do. One of the best crafted films of all time. I am a huge fan and I've watched it about a million times. I, I truly cannot get enough. Yes. Um, Jeff Goldblum's laugh is fucking weird in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a bit, actually. <laughs> like that, you know. So that's my closing statement. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was Jurassic Park. It's a massive it's park. park. They evolve into birds. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, shall we do some uh, capitalist shilling, Lewis? In yes, complete definitely. contradiction to our values. Uh, we all have link trees. And uh, Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram. And the podcast's is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube. Go have a look. Give us a follow. Give us a like. And uh, yeah, stick around for some great content. <laughs> um <laughs> PayPal donate button, anything you can spare, anything at all would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we also have Patreon, and we want to take the opportunity, as we do every single week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe? Yes. Thank you. Darius? Thank you. Peter? Thank you. Aditya? Thank you. Natalie? Thank you. And Doogie? 
thank you one and all. You keep the wheels of the podcast turning and you allow us to one day create our own Jurassic Park where we'll have herds of free-range dannies running around, <laughs> scampering away over hills and eating grass. Yep. It'll be wonderful. Dannysaurus. Yep. yep. That, that's 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 the whole point of this. We, it's the 89th episode and we've finally told you. Um, but there you go. Uh, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. We uh, we have tote bags, jumpers, stickers. Uh, we don't have a Stegosaurus toy. Um, so, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. And last but not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue. And Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife, in which they crochet and they do very, very good things about it. Uh, if you would like to keep up to date with everything that they're doing and bless your Instagram feed with some amazing content, then you can go to at number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram and you can check out everything that they're doing over there and take a look around. And you'll you'll love it. It's a Lewis Brindley guarantee. Absolutely. <laughs> The best guarantee anyone can get, you know. Indeed. Um, I think that's us. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Lewis, mm. we have made 89 of these episodes. Correct. We have. And I don't know if you can do math. I didn't pass maths, mathematics. Um, um yeah, neither did I. I'm too stupid to even understand the word maths. Yeah. But after a long and arduous Google search, I've finally mm-hmm. found out that after 89 comes the number 90. Oh, are you sure? Have you consulted some sort of professor? I have. This? I've hired an arbitrator and they've ruled in my favour. And <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's the 90th fucking episode next week, folks. And we're doing something very, 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 very special that will set the tone for future podcasts to come, Ooh. you know? So, will we announce it here? Will we just say yeah. it? Okay, right, okay. Um, You thought listening to our voices was just bad? Well, you you get a look at our face as, as well from here on out, from next week, every week, you get to see my uh, vacant expression when talking about uh, sci-fi concepts you get to see Lewis uh, mm-hmm. wish he was mm-hmm. somewhere else <laughs> no but yeah so we're gonna we're gonna be doing that from now on because why the fuck not indeed what... we're gonna treat ourselves to some bits and bobs yeah absolutely and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna put some some stuff in the background to make me look more interesting than I actually am um, I'm gonna have to do the same. Maybe I'll just hang a bed sheet up. Just to <laughs> oh, Lewis's house is entirely just white. Nothing is in the house at all. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm gonna do. I've I've decided now. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna turn on my my lamp and put a blue light, a blue sort of uh, bit of paper over it, and it's gonna be wow. He's got really professional lighting, and I'm like yeah, be jealous. Um, but there you go. So um, folks. Thanks so much for your support so far. The 90th episode's going to be a big one for us. And, uh, yeah, we just can't wait to, to, to get into it. So thanks so much again Indeed. for listening. Yes, thank you. And we will see you, hear you. Move the world. Yeah, it does. It does. And we will see you, hear you, smell you. Um... Oh, yeah.
You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Next time, we will, we'll, we'll clone you from your your blood that has been preserved in a mosquito in amber. Way, Lewis is getting in on it. Way, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you and uh, goodbye. Yes, yes, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.